All right. Finally, I have put all the bullshit to the side and decided to actually record a podcast. And for so long, well, I had previously had a podcast. First of all, let me introduce myself before I get into um, my life antics. So I'm Allison Truly. Um, I am from Memphis, Tennessee, currently living in Oakland, California. Um, I've been in Oakland for about a year and maybe a month. Previously, before that, I lived in Davis, California, worked in Sacramento, um, and that that's a whole thing. So I when I was thinking about what I wanted to do for my first podcast, I think that I was just really over complicating things. And I think a lot of artists can relate to that. Like, it's always like, oh, I don't have a camera or I don't know how to edit or I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. And none of that matters as long as it's done. Right? Like, as long as you do it, that's all that matters. Everything else will fall into place. At least that's what I'm hoping for. So while I was trying to figure out how to approach this podcast, I was like, okay, so um, with my previous podcast, which was called The Tea, it was more of like different subjects from a black perspective, which makes sense, I guess, because I'm black. So my perspective is going to be black, but it was more about like, oh, black sexuality, like what is it like to be an actor? And I had different guests and I had this whole different format, but I found that it's really difficult not difficult, but it can, it can be like mucky when you're involving other people in things that you want to do, right? Because you have to rely on them to, to help. (laughs) You have to rely on them to want to make time to come sit down and do a podcast or, um, come be in a movie or whatever. Anyway, so I just put out there, like, I'm going to do this podcast and, I'm going to just do it myself. And um, one of my friends, which I use friends loosely because she's like my good friend in my head, probably more of associate in real life, Uh, Dana, she kind of put me on to this platform and it being so easy where you just have your phone and you just talk into it. And anybody that knows me knows that I'm very good at just talking at things. So um, with that being said, I decided that this podcast should be a little rundown about myself as well as my experiences with moving from Memphis to California. So one of the biggest questions that I get in terms of how did I end up here is, yeah, that question, how? How did you do it? So this requires me taking a few steps back into uh, my my fuckboy past. And what ended up happening was, so when I was in Memphis, I, gar- I graduated from University of Memphis um, with a degree in performance, um, fine arts with a concentration in performance. And so obviously every actor has this, cross in the road that they come to, whether they want to continue where they are and try to make things work that way, 
um, or go to New York or LA. That's usually like the big things. And obviously up and coming places like Atlanta. Atlanta is like, you know, the place to be when it comes to being a black actor. Um, but I didn't want to go to Atlanta just because that's not where it was moving me. I felt like I needed to be somewhere entirely different than what I was used to. Um, so right after I graduated, I had just got out of a long-term relationship where I was engaged and that was a whole thing. So after that, um, obviously, you know, I wowed out a little bit, did a little bit too much drinking, did a lot of other stuff, um, ate a lot of pizza, did a lot of shit that really had nothing to do with me pursuing my goals. So after that situation happened, you know, I was living with one of my good friends, um, in this apartment in Midtown and I was just working. Like I was waiting tables. I was doing a little bit of creative work here and there, um, a few poetry shows here and there, but I really was not pursuing or really putting myself out there. Um, and I think that a lot of artists come to that place in their like creative life where you start to feel stagnant or you feel like um, you don't want to share the gift that you have because there's a lot of judgment that comes along with that. And so I, I felt like I was kind of in that place. I wasn't writing any poetry. I wasn't learning any monologues. I wasn't auditioning for things. The things that I did audition for, I felt just very discouraged because I didn't want to play the same role. So fast forward to living in Midtown, having a good time, just like having this like real, real party lifestyle. And eventually I just looked up and I'm like, I'm about to be 30. And what am I doing to contribute to the things that I want to do in my future? Um, And I realized that like talent doesn't mean anything if you're not implicating that, if you're not... um, not using it, you know, if you're not using it, you're going to lose it. That's what a lot of people always say. If you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And I really feel like I was starting to lose it, both my mind and my talent. So after, um, a second breakup with someone who will not be named, kind of like the candy man, like if you say this person's name too many times, that nigga might appear. So I'm gonna leave him out of this, but we broke up. It was a really bad breakup. And after that, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to get out of Memphis. I don't know what I'm going to do to get out, but I need to get out and kind of start something fresh. So at the time I was applying to be a flight attendant and I thought that was like the cure-all, like, oh, this seems like so glamorous. I'm already waiting tables and spilling soy sauce and doing all this shit anyway. I might as well do it, you know, on a plane and be able to travel wherever I wanted to. So I applied to be a flight attendant. I got in, I got a first interview. Um, my second interview was really, like, really, really difficult. Like, it was supposed to be over the phone, but my phone was broken. And it was just a big mess. It was, like, all these obstacles keeping me from what I thought would be my ticket out. So after that situation happened, the second interview was trash. They also told me that I couldn't have any tattoos on my arm, which I have tattoos on my arm and whatever. It's the South. You know what I'm saying? Whatever. So after that happened, I was like, okay, 
what are my other options? So I had a friend who was studying abroad in Japan. I don't know. She had just finished her degree and she had studied abroad and then she came back to Tennessee and she was working on um, figuring out how to get out of Tennessee herself. So she ended up doing what is called like an being a part of an intentional community in Brooklyn. And I had put out to everyone, like, if you have a couch, if you got a sleeping bag, if you got a shed, like, holler at me. I will come live wherever I need to in order to get a fresh start and, you know, pursue what I feel like I'm destined to pursue. So she saw that and she hit me up and gave me a list of all these, like, volunteer services that you could apply for and move. So within that, I guess, a week, I had applied for an intentional community in Davis, California. Now, keep in mind, like a lot of country folks from Tennessee and from Memphis, I didn't really know locationally where Davis was, how far away it was from L.A. Like everybody thinks about California, they automatically think about L.A. And a lot of people think about Oakland, too, or San Francisco. I didn't know I didn't know what the distance was. I just knew that it was California and I was going to try to take my ass there. So I applied for the uh, intentional community. And the next day, I didn't even finish the application. The application was halfway done. I got a call from the intentional community and they were like, hey, we know you didn't finish your application, but what you have finished seems like, no, you would be good for this for this community. And let me back up a little bit and let you know what an intentional community is. Intentional community is a community uh, of a couple people. Usually it's based through a religious organization where you go in and you volunteer your services for different um, nonprofits. So I ended up in this intentional community living with like six people in this house I had my own room, which was a plus. Um, you didn't have to necessarily pay rent out of your pocket, but they did uh, take money out of your check to pay the rent and then gave you like a small stipend. So I was working in Davis, living in this intentional community and um, working in Sacramento with foster youth. And that was quite the experience. Um Working with foster youth in Sacramento was like, I wouldn't even say eye-opening because I'm from Memphis, so I, I, I see a lot of this. However, working on the other end of it where you're not involved, where it's not your friend who's dealing with the adoption process, not your friend who's dealing with being shot or um, recovering addicts. It was me on the other end where I was supposed to be helping them. This made me very depressed. <laughs> like... A lot of people were like, oh, that's so good. Like, kudos to you. This is amazing. No, this shit is hard. Really, really hard. So I did that for a year. And then I just kind of rolled the dice and was like, um, how can I get away from Davis? How can I get closer to wherever I need to be? So I ended up applying for another job, got the job, moved to Oakland, Within um, after a year when the intentional community was up or whatever, I just packed all my shit and um, headed to Oakland, headed to Oakland. And so I've been in Oakland for about a year now. And 
I feel like this year in Oakland has really given me a lot of motivation creatively. Um, But it's also been difficult because it's like, how do you start? Like, everybody knows the easiest thing to do is to just do it. But it's also like, how do you do it? (laughs) Like, how do you get started in that? So um, just so I won't be completely rambling I put, I post a question on Facebook, like, hey, what do you guys want to know about, um, about my move to California? Um, so one of the questions was, where should we eat when we visit my house? Come to my house and eat. That's, that's all. (laughs) I'm not going to say that every place in California, San Francisco, Oakland is bad because that's not true. There are some good sushi places that I could recommend to you if you hit me up dm me i mean obviously you gotta take me with you if you're gonna go to these places um there's a cool chicken and waffles place but they do barbecue badly um that's very memphis in me to have an attitude because i come somewhere else that is not known for barbecue eat their barbecue and be hella judgmental about it but it is what it is. Um, there are a lot of places that have the best reviews, but they are so scared of salt. Like, I don't. I know that there's a drought on water, but I did not realize it was a drought on seasoning. Like, it is hard to find a place that is heavy-handed, like your auntie, that's gonna put that salt, gonna put that seasoning, that pepper, that paprika on your food. Um, a lot of people are always talking about, oh, this spice, this is spicy. No, ma'am. That's seasoned. That's what that's called. Um, so where should you eat when you visit? Hit me up. Uh, let me know what part of town you are in. Let me know if you're in San Francisco, if you're in Oakland, if you're in Sacramento. There are places, there are gyms out here where you can find some really good food. Um, but I would say just come to my house first. All right. So what was the biggest shock for you? The next question. What was the biggest shock for you upon your your arrival and how did you cope with it? I would say the biggest shock for me was the lack of and this is just from my experience, a lack of like community. So Oakland definitely comes together, you know, like Oakland comes together when like Becky was at the picnic calling people and crying over ribs and whatever she was doing. Oakland showed out. Okay. Oakland comes together when they need to artistically. Oakland is a haven for black artists. I know so many people who are dancers, who are singers, poets, who um, are published writers, There is not a lack of talent in Oakland. However, Memphis Memphis has a certain spirit where if you want something, someone will help you get it. And I say that like, oh, I want to put on a show. People are like, oh, you know, my homeboy owns this, this, and this. Maybe I could hook you up with them and you could, you know make this happen um versus Oakland is like you talk to somebody about that and they will fill your head up with all types of um fantasies and fictions and then they disappear or you don't really hear from them or 
Um, there might be, I, and I hate to use the word jealousy because jealousy for me always means that I feel like I have something that people can be jealous of. But there is, there is a little, a little jealousy that goes on in a place like Oakland because Oakland is small. Oakland is not this big, uh, hugely populated place. I think, yeah, I think Oakland actually the population is less than Memphis. Um, however, yeah, that's what shocked me is that a lot of people aren't as willing to befriend you. A lot of people will tell you certain things and those things are not necessarily true, will not necessarily come to be. Um, they'll let you down. (laughs) They will let you down. And I think a lot, I think that's everywhere, but I was really shocked at the amount of talent that is here. Um, and the amount of like separation that happens where it's like people are kind of afraid that you kind of leaning into their lane instead of everyone kind of working together to produce something amazing because there's so many so many amazing people here I would also say another big shock for me is just how easy it is for people to be themselves here bad or good um you can have the tattoos you can you can be gay, you can be straight, you can be queer, you can be gender fluid, and no, nobody bats an eye at that. That's almost the norm. Whether, rather like coming from Memphis, it's like you're the talk of the town. You know what I mean? Like your sexuality is what everyone is concerned about. Your sexuality is not just a small part of who you are as a person. It is you. That's your. That's literally your identity. Um, as well as people, I feel like in Memphis versus Oakland or California, um, California is obviously a place where, um, the LGBT community really thrives. Um, there are a lot of centers, everybody, it's just really open. And, um, how did I cope with that? I think that that openness and that freedom on the end of California has really pushed me to push my creativity in a direction that I didn't necessarily think I could go or a direction that I didn't necessarily think I could be open with. If I'm talking about coping with fake people or people or or jealousy, I'm getting a lot better about it. I feel like when I was in Memphis, I was not that good at cutting people off. I just dragged dead weight with me wherever I went, like on some bag lady shit. Like I really just kept it all with me no matter what. Oh, this person did this to me. Okay. That's still my friend. This person said this about me. Okay. That's like, I, I feel like California has really toughened me up and you would think that Memphis would be the opposite. Maybe Memphis had already made me strong and then I was ready to go out into the, into the big world. And I was prepared for that. Um, and I think this goes along with the third question. How did you make new friends? Whew, that is that, that right there, that right there has been, been hard. I, I don't I don't want to make it seem like I, you know, I'm by myself out here. I'm not doing, I ain't worried about nobody. It's all on me. No, I really have met some really special people, um, really talented people. 
and um, I got to be in two productions, one for Color Girls and the other, the Vagina Monologues, and I met amazing women within that cast. I met people who have inspired me to approach my creativity, you know, from a perspective that I never thought I would or, or that I was capable of. So I would say I just made friends. And honestly, my personality is just, I'm just, I'm easy. It's easy for me to make friends with people. And I think more so than anything, I've had, I've had to learn how to say no to people, not let people be a part of my circle or my energy, because there are a lot of things that I would normally let slide that I had to learn how to protect myself from while I was out here. Um, yeah, yeah. I haven't really said that out loud, but yeah, that's, that's exactly, that's exactly what I've been doing. I've made some amazing friends. I've met some amazing people, like just really, really amazing people. So I would say as far as making friends, it's very easy to do out here. Um, to find a good friend is where the difficulties come in. And also I'm getting old. Like I'm 30 something. I'm I'm 32. I'm 32. And what I used to consider a friend isn't necessarily what I think of as a friend now. Like my qualifications then jumped tremendously since I was younger. When I was younger, it used to be like, ah, oh, she can go to the mall with me. Oh, she did it, it did. She can go to the club. Like now I'm like, can I talk to this person about <laughs> my sexuality? Can I talk to this person about religion, politics? Can, can I have like real, real conversations with people and can I trust them? Um, and trust, you know, is a spectrum. You know, you can trust people that they won't stab and kill you. Yeah, because you have them at your house. Or, But you also think about on the other side of the spectrum, like, can I trust this person with my energy? Can I trust this person with my dreams? Can I trust this person to support me and understand me? So that's the long-winded answer to how did you make new friends all right last question what are some of the biggest cultural differences now that is a question you know Oakland and I'm just gonna speak for Oakland because this is I feel like where I got an opportunity to like kind of get to know a lot of people um I think culturally Oakland and Memphis are very similar in some ways um People are very proud of their city. People are very proud of their families and their friends and their work. I think that, (laughs) I don't know. You know what? That's a question that I really, really, really have to think about. I think I'm still learning. I'm still learning what the culture in California actually looks like or actually is versus what it looks like. Um, One thing is for sure, it's still racist. It's still racism, but um, the racism comes with, um, with kale. The racism comes with slices of avocado. (laughs) 
yeah, it's wild because the same people here, it's, at least in Memphis, you know what you're getting, right? Like, you, you know that this person has a Confederate flag and they're going to be racist and they're going to treat you like shit and they might still, like, want to take you on a date. Like, you don't know. Um, but you know what you're getting. In California, it's like a racist can come wearing sheep's clothing. You know, they have the tattoos and they're vegan. All right, so I got a phone call, um, full transparency. I had no idea how to correct that while I was speaking. So anyway, there are a lot of differences between California and Tennessee. And obviously, I'm still learning those differences. But I think the main thing that I just want to say in this podcast is that if you want to do something do it. (laughs) And it's not going to be easy and it's not going to fall out of the sky into your lap. You just have to create it and it will happen. You know what I mean? Like whether that looks like getting a job in another state or crashing on a friend's couch or going to visit somewhere for two weeks and because you never know what kind of connections that you're going to be able to make within those two weeks. So I would say for so long, I dreamed of trying something new and moving somewhere new. And instead of dreaming about it, I just did it. I just did it, y'all. I did it. So um, with that being said, I just want to say thank you to the 12 people listening to this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for everyone who knows that this is a this is a rocky start to the podcast, but we're going to go in some amazing directions. I would like to have some people, some cool people that I've met here, um, maybe do some interviews with some people from home and just have a laid back conversation and just be myself and, um, you know, not have any hangups about things being perfect because I'm not perfect. None of us are. Um, and you can see that with this podcast. Anyway, If you have some ideas of things that you would like for me to talk about, uh, people you would like for me to talk to, hit me up. You can follow me on my Instagram. um, That's at your new stepmom. You can hit me up on Facebook if you. No, don't hit me up on my Facebook. That's none of your business. Um, Yeah, so hit me up on my Instagram. You can always hit me here. Um, or send me an email at yournewstepmom6969 at gmail.com. Again, I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, let me know if there's some things that you would like for me to touch on in the future. Let's just use this podcast as an introduction um, into my life and into my brain. So you all be safe. Stay strapped and keep creating.